0: Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode, we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, guys, welcome. I'm excited. I got another guest. You know, I went probably months and months without having a guest, and now it's like, the guys are probably like dude we never see you without a guest uh last week i had a client uh who had just gone through the program uh with his wife uh it was the first time we were able to get a wife to join us for a case study call and it was really cool so if you haven't seen it, it's in the group uh actually pinned it to the top to Noah and bethany's story about how they were on the verge of divorce and going through our program. They are not going through divorce. Uh, In fact, they are stronger and better than ever. Um, And you know, we don't lay claim to that like we save their marriage. No, what we do is we focus on the man. And we say, man, you've got to own your shit. Man, you've got to make some changes and do these things. And Noah did, and it was awesome. So today I'm super excited because uh, through my network, I have this network of incredible human beings who are serving our planet um, Serving humanity, and um, Isaiah Fliesbach is one of those guys. Did I say it right? Fleesbach, close. Fleesbach. Oh, it's a tough one. See, I, I totally flubbed it. As I said, I would. It was like I prophesied to myself that I would fuck it up, and I did. please Fleesbach. Yes. Fleesbach. So I've got Isaiah Fleesbach with me, who is a coach who works with men. Um, uh, in, in a lot of different capacities. This guy's super into um, the health side of things, uh, pain management, like dealing with all kinds of things. But what's unique to him is that he also has been a single dad. He's also been a man who's faced separation and or divorce or, you know, or just whatever, breaking up and having kids in the midst of that. And now here he is um, several years down the road with a new partner and new children and and blending that together, um, so I've invited him on to talk about his experience. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah,
1: and then thank you for the opportunity to speak to you men and also just to be present with you. It's an amazing honor to be uh, involved in men's work, you know, yeah. and supporting men's expression,
0: fuller self-expression. Really amazing. So tell us about the men's work that you do at a high level, you know, in terms of your overall experience. And then we'll talk about Uh, you know, just your, your actual story about your son and uh, and the breakup and the things you went through.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I serve humans, right. But I really take pride in the men that I work with because it's my own journey. It's my own process. So it's very personal to me. And so when I'm able to help a man, support a man to make significant changes in the way that he's perceiving himself, Loving himself, showing up for his family and friends and community and business—it's—it's it's impactful and it's really a powerful uh, process. So, um, what I do is specifically help, uh, in this case, men to pull tension and stress out of the nervous system, out of the tissues of their body, out of their brain, to get elimination pathways opened up, to get the health flowing. Right. Mm. Any kind of emotional psychological disturbance is based in stagnation in the internal organs of the body, and until we address the trash. And the accumulation of stagnation in our body we can 't move forward you know we 're yeah. literally we 're destined to live out the past over and over again, so first base layer is physical transformation, and then we move into psychological and emotional expression and really supporting uh, men to come into a fuller, more honest expression of who they are and what they need and what they want. so many of us. Culturally, I believe, are, are, you know, we're, it's, it's proposed that that's what we just do. We're men. We just take what we want. We say what we want, you know, we have ultimate clarity, but it's not the truth. And in, in the society today, men are, in fact, they're the exact opposite. They're stuffing, they're storing, they're denying themselves. They're not being fully honest with their partners. They don't have real intimacy. So their life falls apart, you know? And that's what happened to me. I was like, I was purely, I was successful on a lot of different levels, but. I was an armored man, yeah. and an armored man only goes so far. A hiding man only goes so far, right? I was lying to myself and lying to my partner, um, believing that the armoring and the facade that I was expressing and, and, and showing her in the world was what I should do. Right. Meanwhile, she just wants connection. She wants honesty and intimacy and real depth. Yeah. And so, uh, ultimately, I think that you know my part in the falling apart of my partnership uh, was based on the fact that I couldn't access that yet with the tools I had.
0: Yeah. So um, I think, go ahead. I was gonna say, let's, let's talk about, you know, so you're doing the men's work, but let's talk about the journey that you had to take, right? Because you guys had a kid together. Um, your first, I, I don't know if you guys ever got married, but like the first partner you had, yeah. you guys had a child together and then it didn't work. So tell me about what that, what that experience was like for you. Cause I don't know about you, but I would say most men don't want to experience being a single dad. They don't want to experience, um, the shit and pain and turmoil of breaking a relationship, but also having a child attached and going, man, now I've got a co-parent with this person. Now I've got to interact with this person. So take me through some of that journey for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I wasn't really willing to, um, to put in the work and to pay the cost of being fully present in my relationship. I thought that I could push it off and it would all be fine. And, um, and I learned the lesson around that, right. <laughs> That's the failure taught me so many things. So I think at the time I was 23 when my, my son, we got pregnant, I decided to keep our son and work with work together. We loved each other. We had a good relationship, but we, uh, it was a lot was fast. So, um, having a child young, uh, I was ready. You know, I'm one of those people that knew I was gonna be a father since I was eight years old and really dedicated myself to my brother and just always having a fathering role in people's lives. So it was natural to me, but also it still was a challenge. There's nothing easy about parenting, you know? Yeah. Um, we had several things. For me, one of the biggest challenges was my wife almost died in childbirth. We had a home birth and everything was fine, but then the afterbirth didn't come out. So she lost a lot of blood, had a very near death experience and uh, it set kind of our our relationship into a high level of stress where then afterward I was taking care of everything she had a three months after that, she finally was able to, to walk again and was gained her blood back and was really healthy. And then she had a, a, her appendix taken out. So it was another six or seven weeks yeah. of fully on my shoulders. And I think that that process really set the tone for the relationship in a way that it just couldn't recover. Yeah. Um, and so when we divorced or we separated, um, I what was fascinating to me was that the patterns, that the family patterns repeat themselves. So yeah. the same age of my son at the time was when my parents separated. Mm-hmm. And I find it fascinating when those things repeat for us to do the work around it.
0: Yeah, that's a great thought, actually, if I could interject. Yeah. Is that is that are you repeating right now what your dad did? Mm-hmm. Right? Like thinking about the men that are in this group, thinking about the men on the podcast, thinking about all these guys and you're in the midst of a situation, are you reliving literally? Are you, are you manifesting what your parents taught you and the way you're treating your wife, the way you're showing up, all of yeah. those things, right? Like I saw that, I remember that flash the very first time my wife left me. And it was like, literally the, my kids were the same age that my dad had lost his kids. And those were before me, before me even coming along. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm repeating the same mistakes he was doing. And you know, at that time, I was able to salvage and and, and all those things. But uh, that's an important thing to take home: is that we easily can be just repeating what uh, what our parents do. And really important to note that
1: that's why it's there. It's not there to be getting get, to get rid of it. It's there to help us to break uh, ge- genetically and epigenetically and generational ties yeah. to energy and patterns that don't serve us. So. What I found is that the same thing that was the most frustrating, disempowering thing that pissed me off the most about what was happening was exactly what I needed to grow. Mm. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of pat to say, but it's the truth. And when we start to recognize that this isn't happening to me, it's happening for me, our life changes. Bottom line, I can say it over and over and over for you, for you, for you. It's literally there for you. So every time you face impatience or anger or, um, or abandonment or uh, shut down in some way that's relative to your experience with your father. It's your opportunity to heal. It's your opportunity to create a different pathway, a different pattern. And that's what I did is I took it on and I started realizing hey, this is my opportunity to heal my heart. This is my opportunity to be there for my son in the way that my parents and my dad couldn't be there for me. This is yeah. the only opportunity that matters in my life. And, it's, and, and from this place, everything, every single thing in my life will become successful because of my dedication to working on myself in this way.
0: Yeah. How old was your son when you guys separated? And or uh, Three and a half. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. So a young guy. So and then you had him. What was your parenting schedule? If you don't mind sharing some of that, like, did you have like 50-50 or did she have oh, it most of the
1: time? Well, luckily, we had a good, pretty loving relationship. So we recognized we don't want we to be together. But. Within that we did whatever we could to make it work. Unfortunately, I want to do week on week off because it was much more spacious and regular. She wanted to do some crazy like three, five day, whatever back and forth. And it was, it was not, I was not happy with it, but you kind of choose your battles. And so at some point we were able to shift that into longer periods of time. but I, I was very much 50-50 in terms of, I paid more than 50 in terms of money, but at least 50, if not more in terms of energy and time. And I really wanted to be there for my son. Like that's yeah. the bottom line.
0: And how hard was that? I mean, like three and a half years old and yeah. you're this young guy, you're 26, 27. Yeah. Like how, tell, tell me like, what was that like? Cause I think a lot of guys are super scared of that. Yeah. Like they're really like freaked out that they're going to be a single dad. I mean, and you didn't have the tools either at that time. So like, wh- wh- what was that like for you? Um, very difficult, very stressful.
1: Uh, felt like I didn't have the, I didn't have the tools to ask for support. I really felt like I was a lone wolf. I can figure it out. I can do it myself. Yeah. And I think I suffered a lot emotionally because I wasn't really willing to ask for help and to put mm. myself out there at the time. And only through as I aged and got more experience, I started recognizing the power of vulnerability, the power of asking for support, the power of, you know, how good it feels to show up for other people and giving other people the opportunity to do that for me and how much esteem they got for themselves, knowing that, hey, I'm actually doing something for this guy who seems yeah. to have everything together, but yet he's asking for my help. And this is an amazing opportunity to share. Uh, but it was extremely painful. Um, I really felt like not like a failure, I felt free in it. Actually, it felt really good to separate from a partner that I wasn't aligned with. But the aftermath was just this um, this emptiness, like, man, you know, I'm fucking up. I'm repeating patterns. Yeah. I'm, I'm not living in alignment with my potential. I know I could do be better. I know that I could have done better now. And I know specifically how I could have shown up to create the intimacy and the, the connection and the patience necessary to to cultivate that relationship.
0: Yeah so then with your your son um how old is he now if you don't mind he's 19 19 right so so he's now had a full childhood of of living that way and i know you eventually remarried or have a new partner but in that process like what were the things that you felt like you needed to give him as a as a single dad that you knew you know i can't give him the, the the unique family experience of mom and dad at home together forever i can't give him that but i can give him this yeah. were there some things that you focused on that said you know whether it was character development or or other things that you focused on and said i want to give him this at least mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'll give you an example of one way i succeeded one way i failed in that okay. um what i found is that um showing up for him is, is really all that mattered is being present with him and so the good part about having co-parenting situation is that you've got time where you're fully on and time when you're fully off. Yeah. yeah, And it's a blessing, you know? So what I chose to do is when I had time on, I just dropped other stuff. I started to create a schedule of openness to focus fully on being Mm -hmm. present and creating a healthy attachment with them, Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, psychologically and emotionally, if this kid doesn't have a healthy attachment, he's in trouble. Like we need each other. He needs to know that he can trust who I am, that I'm there for him and that I support him. Um, so I would say that was the way I succeeded. It's just really being present and devoting my time and energy to being present with him. Not, not even about specific
0: activities, but just right. being there and him witnessing and, and interacting and being encouraged. I think it would be great if you could unpack a little bit around the idea of attachment, because I think 95% of men out there have no right. idea what no, attachments no. are, let alone what a healthy attachment is. So could you could you explain the attachment stuff just for at least from the perspective of father to son. Yeah. Um well
1: so in terms of the generational piece, I would say that most of the patterns that don't work for us and that things we come up against as resistance as a father are based in the past. They're based in our relationship, dysfunctional relationship with our father. So, um as those things come up, um the opportunity is to mm-hmm to create emotional safety ultimately. And so, you know, if, if a child like most majority of our, uh, our patterns of dysfunction, uh, our disconnection is rooted in, Traumatic experiences and places where we disconnected from ourselves in order to suit another person or to deal with some overwhelming, stressful situation. So, the less of that we can have, and the more of a patient, supportive parent being present with you and helping you to self regulate, the better. I mean, kids don't have self regulation skills at all. That's why babies are screaming all the time, you know, at least to a degree. And then they start to learn that. And so, we're there to cultivate that. I find that uh, without a healthy attachment, you know, we're looking at Drug abuse, uh, angers, you know, all kinds of inward and outward explosive tendencies. There's so many things that are related to us not feeling emotionally met. Yeah. So if if those moments of stress and trauma and not feeling safe uh, are are consistent throughout our childhood, we're we're gonna have a lot to unpack and work out as an adult. So I felt like that my job was to help create. A secure attachment, so he knows he's safe to express himself. He's, he knows that he's safe to show me his weakness and his and to his process, and that I can be encouraging of him rather than just you know a harsh father who he doesn't meet the demands of. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, dude. I think what you just said right there was so profound, and so I want to repeat what you just said. Yeah. And that is this idea that as a father, you felt like the the thing that he needed the most wasn't how to shoot a gun or a bow and arrow. It wasn't how to drive a pickup truck or change the oil. It was that he felt like he had a safe place with his dad, that he could express his emotions in a healthy way and you would still love him. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to imagine, cause that was not my childhood. I, I'm trying to imagine it, what it would be like for a child to experience that with a father, whether, whether you have the same interests or not, whether you have, you know, the ability to shoot a gun or a bow and arrow or a or a pickup truck or whatever. Like, imagine coming from that place. Um, I know I deal with that with with uh, my oldest son right now, who's a teenager and is experimenting and is expressing himself and trying to find ways to go, you know what, son, I love you regardless of what you choose, even if it's not on the same path or even if it's not what we believe as a family or or whatever, that I'm going to love you through this and and make sure because like you know i think about it and i go gosh these decisions he's making he eventually will have his own consequences but if i can provide an atmosphere that says i love you regardless and he knows he has a safe place with me then i've won and and that's and if and if you don't sorry if you don't then the help, the attachment
1: switches to friends yeah. and friends don't have the same level of no. of interest or care or like real desire for them to do well they just don't have the capacity so it's really dangerous. Most people that don't develop that healthy attachment, again, it just switches to social groups, and in today's world, that's dangerous as fuck.
0: Yeah. So let's let's kind of switch a little bit. I want to ask some more specific questions about, you know, kind of what you see in in some of these situations um, that I think would be helpful to to yeah. guys, because I, I want I want the guys listening and or watching this to really come to a place of understanding that you know, you're so focused on you and your relationship, you can't miss out on what's happening with your children. Like this is where when people talk about the effects of divorce on kids, it's usually because the kids are neglected in the process. So let's first talk about what do you think that or believe that kids are feeling during that separation and or divorce?
1: They're feeling often taking it personally. I know from my experience, there was definitely a level of taking it, internalizing it as though I had a I caused it in some way. Yeah, It's not rational, but it's emotional. It's real, you know? So reiterating and helping them to feel safe that they, you didn't create this. This is our choice. Yes, yeah. this is our misalignment. And we're going to support you the best we can through this,
0: you know? So it might even be a good question to ask them. Hey, yeah. what, do you, what do you feel about this? And do you, do you feel like this is something that you caused? Yeah. Or, you know, or asking them without necessarily putting the words in their mouth, but what do they feel? And you're looking for listening for those words. Do they feel like they caused this? Because sometimes they'll consciously not believe that, but subconsciously they do. And suddenly it'll come out and a conversation will come out from a thing where it's like, you know, you and mom probably wouldn't have gotten divorced if not for me pissing mom off all the time or me pissing you off all the time or whatever that thing is. Real.
1: And that, and that's really our job, I feel like, as, as parents is to tune into the subconscious more than yeah. anything else, because they might say the right words. They're trained to say the right words to get the right response, mm-hmm. to, to get the space they need or whatever, to the approval. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the embodied signal, right? If their subconscious is shut down or expressing something, it's going to show up in their body, how to hold their body, how they, how they speak, you know, just the way they're embodying themselves is really going to be the mirror of that. Yeah. So um, I, I think that, uh, I feel like the, the thing that really needs to be attended to is is the heart our heart primarily as men we've got to do the work to love ourselves and get good with ourselves in a divorce situation in a new family dynamic make that the priority because we know that without that without us as the umbrella you know it's (laughs) it's going to be i don't know what to call it it's 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 a it's an unfair situation unfair environment i'll say one thing is that the the you know For me and for many people with an overbearing or uh, arrogant or aggressive or whatever, demanding father, uh, you end up walking on eggshells and you end up not feeling okay about just breathing and letting go, right? You're picking up on all the energy. You're trying to meet someone's expectation. You can't even figure out what it is because you don't know yet. Yeah. And it's very unfair. So from my perspective, uh, the best thing you can do is attend to the energy in the room, right? Really attend to your own energy notice when you need to take a break or you need to express something so that they're not taking that energy on and they don't start to to uh, express themselves as a reflection of what you need. They're actually able to express who they are and what they think and what their challenges are, what their thoughts are, you know, in and of themselves. And that is where real attachments formed is in them exploring that and you being present and listening and supporting that process.
0: So that kind of brings, you know, sort of to the next question that a couple of questions that I had was around... You know, how can men fully show up and then what skills and habits do they need to develop? So, you know, one we're talking about right now, a big piece of this is just being present when they're, when they're there. Um, and a lot of us really struggle with that because, you know, you're stressed, you're you're tired, you're this, you're that, you know, like um, I have my kids 80% of the time. So they're only with their mom a couple days a month, the rest of the time they're with me. And I've got a three-year-old up to a 15 year old, I got four kids. And so you are a single father. I am, yeah, I, I am a single dad and um, really just uh, showing up for them is a big deal and something I've been working on in terms of my habits. But I want to hear from your perspective on how does a man fully show up and what are some of those skills and or habits that, that you know, if you could pick two or three that you would say, hey, these are the things that you should focus on because I'm a big believer in one singular focus ends up being laser targeted and you can get way more done than having 10 different things. Cause I think some guys go, man, I got to cook better. I got to do this. I got to clean up. It's like, Whoa, if you just focus on something, one thing, then all the rest will start taking care of itself. So unpack that for me.
1: Yeah. Um, one, it's hard to choose one. I'll, I'll say that as in my experience, one of the ways I failed as a father was not allowing my son to come in on what I'm doing. I was expressive of it, but I was, I was more interested. I was like, I had to get shit done. So I'm doing it as fast and, as, and in a way that I know can be done well and I'm just running in all directions, right? And he just feels like he's not part of the process. So I would say include them in things at least several times a day, small things or big things. Let them know that they can be part of it in some way. Even if it's not like crucial to what you're doing, just let them be part of it. It's, it's really important. Um, I think that play and roughhousing is essential. For developing anti-fragility in the nervous system, in the physical tissues, in the emotional bond with your children, and their ability to feel, you know, autonomous in themselves and, and excited and vital. So, roughhousing play is essential. That's how we learn. Yeah. Uh, you, got, you got kids nowadays that are playing video games all day long, you know, for years, and they go out and they take a run in a playground, and they twist their ankle in five minutes because they're not fra- they're, they're fragile. Yeah. That's not doing them a service. You got, you got to recognize different that. different allergies.
0: Shit. They're, you might as well wrap them in bubble wrap and put a COVID mask on top. And
1: yeah, <laughs> scary, scary. <laughs> what's going down? So yeah. rough house in play, uh, and then finding communication windows. It could be in what I said before in the work moment where you're just something opens up because they're in process with you or it could be before bed when their guard's down and they're just laying there and you're cuddling with them or you read a book and then it leads into some conversation where you can just listen and they can express how they feel what they think I think it's really important to treat your children um, give them doses that are appropriate to their age but also treat them as you would anyone else Mm. speak to them about philosophy about your heart about what you're doing what your process is what your challenges are find a way to communicate so that they can be part of that process. And they can, they can empathize and recognize, oh, okay, dad's working on that. Okay. You know, like just let them in. That's what it feels like.
0: Yeah. It's, it's hard because I, I think part of it for me, at least is when you have multiple children, it becomes more complicated because each of them have their own personalities. Each of them have their own wants and desires and needs. Um, and so I've been working on strategies around that. Um, but some of them are interested and some of them are not. Some of them want to know, some of them want a rough house, some of them don't. You know, so it's like yeah. it it uh it, it's crazy how much it it um it shifts based upon the child and yeah. you know, where they're at in their in their thing. So well the the roughhousing
1: is really just to embody us ourselves more. So yeah. in the case of someone that doesn't want a roughhouse, you just go take a walk in nature. You go play, you find some outdoor exercise, some activity that they do enjoy. Yeah. And then you, you know, you plug in there.
0: No, it totally makes sense. Um, what would be, you know, any, any like final words to, to guys that are, you know, kind of going through this and the, I think a lot of men are just flat out scared of being a single dad. Yeah, for sure. And and sure. I think they just need, I know it it, it can, it feels daunting and it feels scary, but now, you know, I've, I've been in this for a while and it's like, it's not as scary as it seems yeah. and it's, it's very doable. Yeah. One of the things I say, and, and then I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, was I decided that when I moved out and, you know, was going to start a new life, that I was choosing not to be a bachelor again. I was choosing to be a dad who happened to be single. Yeah. And that that's a huge thing because, you know, some guys want to get remarried or have a new relationship. I was one of those guys where I said, I want to have another relationship. And, and at first I thought, well, I've got to go do the the single bachelor thing of go live in an apartment and then the kids sleep on the floor when they come over every other weekend. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Mm -hmm. Like, I know where I'm at and I know what their mother was capable of. And I felt like I could provide a better home for them. And so decided to sacrifice, get the bigger home and basically make it like it was just a new dynamic missing their mother. Yeah. And 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 that's how we did it. So new memories, you know, I've got pictures around the house of just here and just this home and um you know, and things like that and dinners and like new uh new uh um what is it called? just really a new culture, right? And and so you mm. create that for um for them. What are your thoughts on that and like what did you do or or how did you focus your efforts to to make your son feel like he was a part of something? Yeah.
1: God, I mean, I go literally every word you say, there's another, I go a different direction. There's so yeah. much to share. Yeah. Um, I think what I did was uh, recognize that this is the, the biggest challenge. Being a single father is the biggest challenge i ever face. I think, in life. Being a parent is as deep and as rewarding and challenging as it gets. So recognizing that, okay, this is either going to take me down and stress me out to a level I've never you can even imagine or I'm gonna do it, it's for me, right? I'm gonna start to take this as medicine. Every challenge that comes up, every time I lose my patience, every time I feel deflated or overwhelmed, I'm gonna recognize this is honing me. Mm. Breathe into it, accept it, like lean into it. That's what it's all about. The challenges in our life are meant to be leaned into, and when we don't, they continue to repeat themselves, right? Look deeply at it, look deeply at ourselves. It's all about self-care. Every single way you can attend to yourself In the beginning is what needs to happen. That's the foundation. So I would say for me, it was cold exposure, eating better, sleeping, meditation, massage, touch, a new lover, exercise, therapy, men's group, vulnerability, finding ways to express myself, like creating health and well-being inside myself so that I can attract another level of partner in the future. And in the meanwhile, I have the resilience and the adaptability and the the energy To meet the
0: challenges that are coming my way and use them for my development. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So, in a sense, is you you lean out of the victim energy and you lean into the empowerment energy because so many are going. Oh my God! I remember the first time I faced it, I was so scared that. And this was the like because I had a tumultuous seventeen year marriage, and so she left me multiple times. But I remember the 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 first time where it was like I was left with the kids and she had moved out and all this craziness, and I'm like, I I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be a single parent. I i just I was just all over the place. My mindset was like nothing. I starved myself because I was so scared, and like I dropped like thirty pounds or something. Like it was ridiculous. And so some of you listening are doing that exact thing. And what we're saying here today is, look, there are some very key strategic things you need to do you don't need to do all of them right now you don't need to get in cryotherapy tomorrow or or start some new crazy south beach diet tomorrow but what you can do is be present for your kids deal with your emotions in your room it's okay that they know you're sad but don't put that on them that that is one big thing i would say is don't put your negative emotions about their mother on them that is not cool don't talk trash about her don't talk bad about her we we don't believe in that in our group. Anyways, if you talk trash, we kick you out. Anyways, um, we we believe in honoring these women who gave birth to our children, and so taking that and and going, I'm going to lean in, I'm going to be present, and I'm going to develop this new pers- this new man, essentially this empowered man, mm-hmm. and leave the victim energy behind. I think you're going to be on a much better track than. 100%. Yeah.
1: And it's, you know, we're only hurting ourselves and our children by focusing on the problems and blaming and not letting go. Like you made a choice. You made a choice to be with that woman, to have children. You made a choice to separate, accept it, right? Focus on the children. That's what I did. I just focused on my son and, and our conversations were about that. Like there's different levels. If you're in a divorce that has lawyers involved and all this different stuff versus where I was, it's a different dynamic, right? There's communicating only through email, using your lawyers. Like there's all these ways to buffer and create no contact, so that you can have a new start someday or whatever. But for me, it was different. And I think it's really important to look at uh, the woman that you were with and how is she responding now? Is she supportive? Does she just, uh, just doesn't want to be with you or vice versa? Like what's the dynamic and then approach it from there. You know, there's a lot of women that if you are doing your work, they can come around and you can have a functional relationship. Yep. If you're not, then, or she's not, then, you know, it's not possible. Yeah. but um, Well,
0: man, I appreciate you so much coming on and sharing um, your perspective and what you went through and your journey and your story. Um, you know, our guys need it. We all need it. We all need this encouragement. Um, see that there's, there's other guys out there that have experienced it and came out on the other side and they're okay. I mean, you look like you're doing pretty well uh, in, in all my no, yeah. of
1: life. Honestly, since, that, since I took responsibility for my children and the process of being a father and really took pride in that, um, every single aspect of my life has improved because it made me a better man. And the more I embraced the children, the process, the challenge of it, I developed myself in ways that nothing else even could touch.
0: Yeah. The Empowered Man, we call it owning your shit. Yeah. And the more you can do that, the better you're going to be. Dude, thank you so much for you, uh, brother. For, for joining us. And uh, I'll see you guys on the flip side. Hey, if what you heard today really resonated with you and you want to connect with me, then here's what I want you to do. Pull out your phone right now and go to empoweredman.co slash group. That's empoweredman.co.com.co slash group. So you can join our free Facebook group and connect with me there. We also have a ton of free content and trainings in that group to help you when you join. So until then, this is Mark signing off on Empowered AF.